Hello, everyone. This is the Easy Allies podcast. I'm your moderator, Kyle Bossman, and joining us this week, Michael Damiani. How's it going? Ben Moore. Sup? Brandon Jones. Yo. And on the switcher, Ian Inc. Cooey. Cooey. Kawaii. Let's play Recruit Me. This is where patrons of Easy Allies submit RPG characters to join our party. The submission is from Ryan Bonici. We are twins. Oh. And Barking on a Journey. What's up? Two characters. I'm... Yes. Yep, yep, yep. I'm excited. We are twins embarking on a journey to find our lost cat who is carried away by a bird. <laughs> One of us is a master of mental manipulation with the ability to calm down angered creatures or monsters, imbue our comrades with bravery, and even give us the sensation that we feel no pain. The other has an ear infection, is very vocal about it, isn't good with money, and has night terrors sometimes when he is awake. <laughs> Our names are Merrick and Piff. Would you have us join this party? And if you're wondering why we're doing twins, why that's allowed, it's because if one of them gets further than 30 yards apart, they will both drop dead. Wow. And oh, so really, like, we couldn't have one without the other. I've done this game several times now. Mm -hmm. I've never wanted somebody in our party as much as I want these two in. Really? Yeah. I feel, I, I've, I'm like self-inserting. You're okay with having Piff? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand Night Terrors. <laughs> but even during the day sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I, okay. No, okay. Right. especially. <laughs> uh, Damiani, you in to allow these twins into the party? I'm, I'm definitely in. Well, wow. uh, they had me at the plight of the cat. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I can't oh, turn yeah. that away. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. We, we have our own quest. If they're just going to leave to go find their cat. But bonus experience. We're doing the side quest, Kyle. So Think you're about saying, it. You're saying you're willing to go do their loyalty mission. Okay, can I, can I throw this at you? Huh. Okay, I understand. You're focused on the goal. Yes. Noble. Respect. Cats, de-stress. You need just a little bit of de-stress during your journey. Mm -hmm. We can stay focused and get a few cat pets in and remain focused on our journey. Okay. All right, Jones. Are you, I mean, are you? Yeah, I just hope once we get that cat, he's going to ease up on the earache. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> it's an inner ear infection, Jones. Ooh, I don't think we have the yeah. means to solve it. All of our magical skill, mm -hmm. all, all of the, the salves, I'll and the deal with the brunt of it, and yeah. whatever. Yeah, um, I, I tell you, I'm not excited about this pick, but I am not these two faces right here. I cannot say no to. There's no way. Ian, are you in for this? Uh, yeah. Okay. I, for me, it's like there's no real downside. I can put up with someone complaining about an ear infection. The, the part about not good with money makes me nervous, too. But, hey, you know what? Just don't, don't give don't him any money. money. Okay. I feel like the way Ian They're said really that, that them. was how he feels about us at Easy Allies. Like, <laughs> yeah, I have to basically deal with this already. <laughs> uh, American Piff, you've joined the party. We'll see if you survived at the end of the podcast. It is now time for corrections. Begin corrections music, please. Misty's Togepi does evolve. Uh, just in the last episode, you see it. It evolves, going to protect its clan, and then that's the last you see of that Togepi. Cool. Togepi? Yeah. Uh, the GS ball, turns out it's already been sleuthed, what happened with the GS ball. So the intention in the series was to have this GS ball, and it's the mystery is what's inside. The game sleuth ball. Yeah, it was the game sleuth ball. There's going to be a, a Celebi inside, and there's going to be a whole yeah. Celebi arc later on, but then... The bigwigs decided that the Celebi should star in the movie coming up. So uh, Celebi stars in the movie. They just take it out of the show. They don't even come up with something else to put in the ball. They're just like, huh, who cares about that ball? Let's drop it off. Never, we never find out what's in that ball. Never, ever. And you know the Celebi didn't come from the ball. It's not like the Celebi just showed up and then you oh, can in the maybe. Movie? In the movie, there's no GS ball at all. 
so in the show, in the world of the show, there's this GS ball that right. we never learned. But you can't kind of add your own lore in between the show and the movie that like. You can't, man. Or, or yeah, when Celebi shows up, there's oh, no, no, no way that it's a, like a, a GS it's like ball a time traveling forest guardian. Dude. It. It's really weird. Okay. Um, uh, but in Japan, there was an event in which you could have the GS ball in your game, and you take that GS ball to that little shrine that does nothing in the U.S. version of the game, and then you get a Celebi in that game. Not man. in the U.S., only Japan. That's awesome. Another reason you should live in Japan. We should just go Let's play the Japanese version. Uh, Endless of God is the NetEase game that is much closer to Diablo, and apparently some animations from Endless of God have been noted in Diablo Immortal. Just like, oh, they just reused that one. And like, so Endless of God is already a Diablo clone that NetEase made. <laughs> and so they're basically, presumably using that engine to make Diablo Immortal. We get why everybody's mad, we get it. Uh, Steam reviews? We gotta stop talking about them, because we just get this more wrong every week. Uh, there, there's no scores. It's recommended or not recommended. Thumbs up or thumbs down. Exactly. So that's where those percentages come from. And you cannot review a game unless you own the game. And it keeps track of how much time you've put into the game. All those things we wanted, they have. So Steam reviews are good. Um, oh, I said China was a first world country. Uh, and we, I, I, got, I got some history about first world, second world, third world. So Is it second world because it's communist? Um, it's second world because of what happened around World War II, which is when we uh, made those uh, uh, classifications. So first world was all of the allies, second world was the Axis, and then third world was everybody else who's not involved. But since then, I think the meanings changed. I said because first world because of economic strength. I don't feel bad about that. I, I see China as an economically strong country, even though obviously there's a lot of poverty in China. China's also making a lot of money. So I'm saying, like, fight me. It's a first world country. Uh, <laughs> Bucky O'Hare is, is the 2D platforming game uh, starring a green rabbit on the NES. Brad, Brad, said, Brad said it was a 2D platformer starring a, a green rabbit. I'm like, oh, Jazz Jackrabbit, baby. And it turns out, well, no, he's obviously talking about Bucky O'Hare if he's talking about the NES. I know Bucky O'Hare. And corrections music, Wait. please. Cool toys. Uh, fun fact. Yeah. Uh, my... Uh, maternal grandparents uh, lived next door to uh, the guy who designed the toys for that for a little while. Tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. And I got. To What'd run, you get to I see? And their garage was just like a museum of like. Oh! As a little kid. What? what did they have sculpts in there? They had like everything. Drawings? Did they? So, was there a toy of the plane that has like the dome? Don't remember. Okay. Like specifically, like there's that, like the than, there's like, the duck pilot who has four arms. Just remember, they wouldn't let us keep anything. Of course, kids. <laughs> fair so, enough. Like as a kid, is like, oh, can I have that? No. All right, cool. Thanks. What a freaking dream, dude. Hope you took they some Kodak. To you really they, said, yeah, okay, sorry, thanks, they didn't live and next you were to them, or they knew them, and we went over to visit one time. Like I was like three years old or something, three or four years old. Was the visit for you, or did you just happen to be there? Oh, let's just go into the garage. I'll show you what we do. Oh. By the I, way, I, it's my, that. I bet it's like, hey, can the kids come over and see your toys? You know, I bet it's that kind of yeah. thing. I think yeah, my grandfather probably told them that we were there. Yeah. And they said I'd bring them over or something. And yeah. Don't, uh, I just know my mom likes to bring it up every now and then. Like, yeah, remember that? I was like, what do you remember of, of the toy designer? Not like I can't even remember the face. Oh, until, okay. Like, yeah, I was like three years old. Got like, you. I, I don't, okay. I can't, like, other than like what I know of like it now, like the images. Those aren't what I associate from being three years old. Like I'm, I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm like implanting yes. more recent of course, yeah. images of the series onto that stuff. Which, if you could like 
pull out that memory, it's probably like, yeah, that's not what you saw, dude. Like, come on. <laughs> that's existence, man. This is a crazy random thing. Yep. Yeah. Love that. Let's talk about our news this week. Microsoft XO18. Experience the future of Xbox. We're having a huge event, the biggest ever, this year in Mexico City. Get ready to learn all about our future plans. One game announcement, two studio announcements. This was one of the most jarring events I've watched, I think. It was jarring, bud. Yeah. That was a jarring event. Uh, So, let me explain what this was. Yeah, because when... when it was announced, we talked about it on this podcast as if, like, hey, this is big news, baby. For sure, they're going to talk about Scarlet. For sure, we're going to see next-gen games. <laughs> uh, turned out to not be that big of a deal. It was a fan event. Um, I'd say a big budget went into the presentation. There was a huge live audience there who may or may not have actually been live. Uh, certainly, there were humans there uh, who were celebrating and excited to see every single Xbox announcement that was being made. Uh, ben, why is it jarring? Because there would be constant screaming, and then they would be like, "Wow, can you believe how people like how excited people are for Xbox?" And I would just go and I would think about what they were talking about. And I'd say to myself, "No, I'm not excited at all." <laughs> and so it just felt like what they were showing and the reaction to it didn't match up for what was actually there. Yeah, what I would call it was a highly effective two-hour advertisement for Xbox Game Pass. Because almost every game that was talked about is also, hey, this is coming day one to Xbox Game Pass. Uh, not the third party so much. It was like Just Cause 4 day one. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, the, the game that was announced, you know, I love talking about game announcements. It's pretty cool, actually, called Void Bastards. Yeah. It's a strategy shooter uh, from a team uh, that is includes a co-founder of Irrational who served as director on System Shock 2 and Bioshock. And this game just has... An incredible style. Looks comic booky. Yeah. Distinct lines. Like the enemies are like 2D yes. in that game, which is like Wolfenstein esque, yeah. but like not low res. Do you remember that uh, Xbox PS2 GameCube game 13? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's Whoa. what it made me think of. Do you love yeah. 13, Johns? I don't love 13. Do you re- Well, how quickly you forget. Uh, 13 was the game that effed me. Remember that countdown? I remember that countdown. I remember that countdown. Uh, I, I there was a submarine game. level and I loaded into it and I needed to only I could only use uh, uh, the crossbow with arrows in it and I didn't have a lot of crossbow ammo with me and so my game ended there. Oh. There was no ammo available on the submarine. No warning that I needed it before that mission. One safe slot done. Yeah, Hope you enjoyed the game. Mm-hmm. Classic resume. and it was instant fail. So if you like shot any other weapon or got discovered by anybody without killing them first, it was a immediate fail. I was like, well, that game was fun. What I, what I would say about the style though is that it, it's to me not compromised. You know what I mean? I, I feel like you you would look at like Killer Seven and you like get the the impact of what they're going for with the style. This is almost flawless, and I think because the enemies are designed in two D. You know what I mean? I I think you're able to do a little bit more with that. But this, it just I, if you're listening to this, like write that down, uh, write down Void Bastards. It's kind of easy to remember and watch that trailer because I can't I can't convey to you exactly how good it looks. Yeah, definitely, and it's a it's a survival style game. I mean, yes, best, I I know there's other games like this, but like first thing that came to mind was like Zombie U. Like the, the the concept of like you you go out you get your stuff when you die you gotta like like transfers that stuff over to like we a can new say character. roguelike we can roguelike, say roguelike yeah, yeah. Uh, but like the like the style of it I felt like 
like the 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 not the aesthetic of it obviously. Oh, but it is first person. Yeah, like sure. first person, like the the like the pack thing as well. Like you know, it got it gets jettisoned out back to like your little like pod outside the space station wherever you're at, mm-hmm. and then a new character select them, go back in, and like see how much further you can get into there. Uh, yeah, I think the style really sells it well. Definitely intrigued me. Um, I've never been one big for like those types of games, but I definitely wanted. I definitely want to give this a try. It's yeah. interestingly name drops, you know, System Shock Two and Bioshock in the trailer because it's not those kinds of games. Yeah, right? not at we all. even had like yeah. a world map of like planets that we could choose to visit and things. like oh, that. Oh yeah, that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, that interface. Totally forgot about that. And there yeah. was something looked like you can do something with your ship, uh, the ship controls. Like it, it was like FTL style or something like the, that. The map was yeah. at least. Yeah, yeah, it was really interesting. I feel like that game had something that no other game at that show had, where it was like, this looks intriguing on the most base level of, I just want to see this style more in action. Mm -hmm. And then you watch the trailer and you go, oh, it'll go beyond that. And that's like just kind of that initial interest and then that like nice bed of confidence underneath it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, tied right into that is, hey, this game day one will be on Xbox yep. Game Pass. You won't have to spend an extra penny on it if you have this service. Cool. Which is awesome. Yeah. Not on Xbox. And exclusive, I'm assuming. I think not exclusive. Oh, okay. I'd have to double check on that. I don't believe it is exclusive. Uh, the well, trailer yeah. is presented by Humble Bundle, so I kind of doubt yeah. it. Sure, sure, sure. Prob- yeah, probably not if they had to specifically say Game Pass will get you this game as well. Right. Uh, yeah, because there were some third-party games, Jones, that are Game Pass uh, Day One. It Sorry? says here it will release early 2019 on PC and Xbox One. That's all it says. Ooh, hey, that's exclusive enough, I'll look right? Into it more, <laughs> for console them. exclusive. Uh, uh, along with that, along with all these Xbox Game Pass announcements, was the announcement that you can get your first month of Xbox Game Pass for one U.S. dollar. Pretty good. I'd buy that. Sorry. Pretty insane, Good. man. That's going to get people hooked. How do you say no at that point? How do you say no to a day one AAA Crackdown 3 for $1? Yeah, I feel like people are just going to pick yeah, that that month. is going to, like, the month with, like, that people want to jump in would mm-hmm. probably be that month. Yeah. And I think that's, like, one of the things for these services is just getting people in just to try it. Yeah. And rather than doing a free trial, this is good because it's like $1 slugging some money yeah. and you're now you're okay with the idea of paying for it. You're just yeah. going, yeah, it's let, more let, that. Yeah. Than We're the, definitely going to hear from Microsoft how many people signed up once Crackdown 3 or once like a big release came out next year, but yeah. we'll, we'll never we'll never hear how much money they made from Game Pass. Mm. <laughs> right. They're probably not going to make a lot like, you know, compared to big sales or if they had like a Spider-Man or if they had, you know, something uh, specific, you know, a big, big, big game specific exclusive to the system. I mean, Forza was a big game, yeah. but uh, and so yeah, I wonder if it's mostly a street cred thing. It's it's really like we're doing something that Sony's not doing. You're kind of seeing Sony making steps to maybe do something similar. Oh, with PlayStation Now, kind yeah. of. Yeah. yeah, it's the I think it's like the basis uh, basic business principle of like uh, a service like a service like this. You got to get a lot of people in, so you take like that money loss up front to get people into the service because that's how you can start like increasing the price of. They're playing the long game with this, obviously. And if this is going to, it's definitely going to get people to like play games they wouldn't have otherwise bought for any kind of price uh, because it's part of like this library they can get each month. And I think it's be interesting to look forward to what they're going to do in the future, especially like if there could be cloud versions of all these games, you're just paying for a service as well that will probably go hand in hand with each other. And it's like probably like the first steps towards like just an all in one subscription package for like Xbox services as well. They're just saying we want you to get used to this. Yeah. Yep. 
Uh, yeah, interesting advertisement, inter- interesting value proposition, which is just insane to turn down, right? Uh, uh, and so that is basically, you know, what they were selling for two hours. And just like, here's, here's other reasons why this is going to be so incredible uh, going forward. Um, not a lot of other new games announced. I should, we, maybe we should talk a bit about Crackdown 3 because we have a release date now, which is February 15th. One week before the crazy February uh, uh, day, um, and that they showed off what we can presume to be the destructible multiplayer mode, five v five. Yeah, the, you can truly destroy this environment. Mostly, uh, wasn't exactly what we first premiered as. You know, back at that Gamescom demo, that was just mind boggling. Uh, but you know, better than E three two years ago, uh, and it looks like a game that is playable and will launch this February. Definitely looked very far along, and in, I think it answered a lot of the questions we wanted to know about what was the what's the final mode going to be, how good is like these all these destructible environments going to really look, you know, in this game. They they were like touting like yeah, it's using cloud and stuff. You know, we made the joke about where some of the destruction stuff just vanished and stuff. And yeah, like, yeah, it's not perfect. <laughs> it's not yeah, it's not the best, but I think it has. It, Definitely has some potential to be kind of fun, like having that five on five. It's squad based, so it's not like battle royale. They're not going for like that market. It's but like uh, the w- the way the mode works is it's not even per kills. It's if you yeah, die, you the- drop like dog tags, and so you have yeah, to collect your dog that tags was to get the points. weird thing about it. Yeah, Damiani, that is why I'm so frustrated. I actually have a high amount of well, not high, um, a moderate amount of confidence that Crackdown Three will be a pretty good time, and I feel like it being a pretty good time makes it the worst type of game to be in this kind of position because that's what it'll be. It'll be a game that you play that you don't think too hard about that isn't like rolling in your brain, you know, as you're trying to sleep. There's not going to be some huge captivating story. It's not going to be wildly innovative. It's just going to be a good time. Mm -hmm. And those are not the kind of games that I think you want to have all of this like long delays and all of that stuff. I see what you're saying. Yeah. There's a lot riding on this game. There's a, there's a lot riding on it and yeah. I don't think its scope was ever supposed to support that. I agree with that. I I, th- I agree with you there, Ben. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't I mean but a dollar though. Right, the game the, I <laughs> yeah. guess the game pass changes everything. Yeah. I just <clears throat> I guess I always think about these things like in terms of of what they're going to do for Xbox, and I feel like there's been a lot of things Xbox has invested in this year that really haven't hit. Yeah. Like, at best, they're just kind of things that people enjoy and then move on, and I, I just kind of want them to have that, that hit, that stinger, the thing that is like, whoa, dude, check this out. Yeah, and I kind of, I do doubt that it will be Crackdown 3. I was even wondering if a AAA was technically correct for its budget. I, well, I don't know. Years spent on it. We got to say AAA. I'm going to say that game had sure. a lot of money dumped into yeah. it. And we're never going to know, like, what happened. Do we know? Do we have any idea, like, what happened to this game? Like, why it took so long? No. I what th- it was going to be? Why it wasn't that? When Terry Crews got involved? Why? When like, Sumo what? Digital got involved, too, was, I think, like, two years ago, maybe. Like, late, way later on in his development. Yeah, we'll never know. But thank God for Game Pass. Like that—that yeah. that really is this beautiful silver lining that I think makes it work. Yeah, it, go ahead. I have a question. Uh, yeah, is—is is Game Pass one dollar for the first month, no matter which month you started in? Your you first just have month? to be a Your brand. Month, you have to yeah. be a brand new person, I believe. Okay, I believe you cannot so it's not just like right. December. But I believe. Right. Okay. Even if you're not brand new, they're offering like half off deals. Oh, that's cool. So. I'm not, they not sure about that, but I think that is accurate. I forget. 
if there's like a length, like how long that promotion uh, lasts. You know what? I bet there I was. There was fine the I don't remember. That, yeah. But uh, yeah. With like, I, I I see what happened with Crackdown Three and stuff. But real quick, I wonder if I mean we'll talk about it later. Like all the stuff they've been acquiring to make more games. Let's do that right now. Let's talk about. Okay. That. So yeah, they acquired. So that to the. Do you want to say it? Or can I say it? Yeah, you Sorry, can. Say I don't it. want to take your spotlight. No, it's they, fine. Uh, the they had announced two studio. Uh, Booty came out. Yep. First time we got yep. to meet Booty, mm-hmm. uh, Matt Booty, right? Matt Booty. Matt Booty came out uh, head of uh, Microsoft Studios. Yes, yes, the uh, Game Studios, I believe, right? They took out Game. It's just called okay, Microsoft, Microsoft Studios Studio. now. Yeah. And announced they acquired In Exile and they acquired uh, Obsidian Entertainment, which we knew Obsidian, right? It'd been leaked, heavily but it wasn't confirmed. Okay. Yes. It yeah, wasn't baby, confirmed yeah. yet, right? Right. Um, but yeah, Jones, we went through that conversation. This, yeah. This because th- I'm sorry. The weird thing about Obsidian because I did not watch this event and mm-hmm. I caught a lot of it later on social media, and I, I didn't see a single headline that was like we knew about Obsidian, but they confirmed it today. Every headline I saw was like, "Whoa, out of nowhere." Well, you like, gotta you gotta write like, that. Yeah, I get. I, I was just I was surprised no one like even like not even headlines from like Games Radar or Polygon or Kotaku. You, you should use the word confirmed instead of announced is what you mean. Yeah, confirmed. And yes. like I just no one was using that. It was just a, like a shocker to the world. And yeah. I was like I, so confused because I didn't see the event and I'm like maybe I got it confused with another developer or something. No, yeah, we that. talked about that a while ago. All yeah. Right. Um, yeah. They it also came off like their E3 announcements of all the studios they acquired as well that they're going on this big yeah. studio acquisition spree and uh, they also hit the point home that with both these studios they want them to remain true to like their origins like we're not changing up what type of games you need to work on you're going to work on what you do best and keep <laughs> doing that so I I can see it as playing out one of two ways while they're doing this I, I mean obviously they need <laughs> to get more exclusive games on, right. on on Xbox but I wonder if it is a game of we just want more exclusives being released, period, in like a calendar year, so that like it, yeah, we have like something like a crackdown. Not everything's not everything's going to turn out to be a mega hit. Uh, it sucks that they that's what they built it up to be, and it's not going to be that. But the strategy of having constant releases, I think, is along with like Games Pass. If you just have like a week with that game, have fun, but it's not like sticky. The next month you have something else that's coming up. Like, well, maybe this will be it or something like that. Or is it that they want these to be big triple A projects and they're getting it for like the, like the next console? Not at all. Totally not at all. They're okay. not going to be triple A games, right? In exile yeah. hasn't made one. Yeah, I, had to, yeah. I had to look up who in, in exile is, by the way, let me drop you some titles. Uh, yeah. Wasteland Tides two, of- Wasteland three is coming mm-hmm. up. Uh, Torment tides of Numeria yeah. and uh, Bard's tale four. Like those are recent releases from them. Uh, so basically an idea of who that company is. They, they, PC games. They make PC games. Yeah. Uh, they make hardcore PC games, not broad. Uh, uh, and I, I think that Damiani tells you they're not, they don't want big Spider-Man out of that studio. They, you know, they don't want God of War out of that studio. They want more cool PC games. I even I would if you had to, if I had to play some money even like Obsidian I don't think they're to give them like AAA budget for their games either. Right. Yeah. I think they just want volume and they still want to be good but they want more exclusive games to fill out their calendar because it's been like one of the biggest criticisms leveraged against microsoft so where are your like exclusive games on here it feels like nintendo and sony have been like kind of stepping that up and they've been really good exclusive like this year was definitely like a banner year for like sony first party exclusives and people i think there's a little bit of pressure on microsoft and they promise us they've doubled down and said we want so like we're not getting out of games. We're going in on this. We want bigger. We want more games. We want more exclusives. We want to fix this problem. And I think this like shows that they're going after these studios. I think that's the solution they're going for. Is just uh, more volume in a in a, in a time span. Yeah. Another year. major problem they got to fix though is they've announced like what six games this gen that never happened. You know, and like you can't well, three. 
Yeah, it just feels like so. Phantom Dust never happened. Phantom Phantom Dust, uh, Journey, and Scalebound. Scalebound. And and when Crackdown took forever, and and you know like. well, and, I and, guess they had, and they had a lot of weird promises yeah. when the console oh, first yeah. came out. There was just a lot of backtracking and weird messaging going on in this gen, and so like I am, I'm excited, and I and I think you know I will think positively that it's going to work out for a lot of these devs. But it's like I hope that you know these devs aren't out there making games that their uh, their fan base can expect, and making games that we can understand are you know are a certain tier of quality or size, you know, from from these different companies, and then. Hopefully Microsoft doesn't come along like and because you're saying, dummy, I like maybe these aren't necessarily AAA games. But I hope Microsoft realizes that and they don't sell them as such and they're not making this huge deal about a game that mm. then you play and you're like, well, this is fun, but it's just not what you sold it as. But there's yeah. not a disconnect between the messaging of the developer and the messaging from Microsoft. I think they've been pretty good about that recently. You know, they're uh, getting better for sure. Right, yeah. like Cuphead didn't have just like Cuphead is here. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like I, I, Ori in the Blind Forest, I don't think will be that yeah. either. You mm-hmm. know, I think they have been really good at measuring the appropriate attention that a game, you know, uh, would would require. And I think, as I said earlier, they're messaging that they said like specifically like the the DNA of what made those studios them. We're not altering that. So I think the message yeah. was they will continue to do what they have been doing. Correct. Don't expect anything different yeah, than that. Yeah. Not concerned yeah. about the games, the marketing. Well, and the a- marketing, you know, ruining these games, you know, uh, potential or not introducing them to potentially new players in a bad way. Well, that's what's worth kind of talking about is that the, what those studios make is PC games. They don't right. make Xbox games. Yeah. They don't make games that you're going to play on your console. Uh, typically. Obviously they do. And you could correct me a thousand times on that. But primarily... Uh, those games are developed for sitting down with a mouse and keyboard. And that's something that Microsoft touted as well, adding more mouse and keyboard support to a lot of their games. Right. I don't know if we should read a lot into it, but a big part of their presentation was talking about the expanded mouse and keyboard support coming to Xbox One. Uh, even ending with it's coming to Fortnite. You'll be able to play Fortnite with a mouse and keyboard on your Xbox. Yeah. That was was catching up to Sony, though, because... It's already supported apparently on places where like chat was like screaming at us. So like really, apparently they were like, yeah, you guys don't you guys know that PS4 has that and just separate it, it separates you because we were wondering about so our uh, Xbox players gonna have to play against people with right. controller and then mouse keyboard. Fair, yeah, and they're saying no, PlayStation already does this and they separate the groups. You do not play with people who have like yeah, uh, yeah. Because like, I mean, honestly, typically that's not worth a press conference announcement for, right? I just want to drop Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, too. yeah, exactly. Like it's just hey, we're adding keyboard, but I kind of think it was. Pon- press conference announcement i think it ties in man i i I think that eventually xbox doesn't want to just be a console xbox wants to be a brand that you also have on your pc yeah i I think that's what we're going for there i think that's why they acquire these very niche pc studios i see what you're saying with it being a niche PC studio, but when I think about Obsidian, what's exciting to me is I don't know what they're going to do. Like, yes, you can you can look at something like Pillars of Eternity and point to that history, but Obsidian, to me, what they prioritize is they prioritize choice, and they've applied that in many different ways. They've applied that to a spy thriller with Alpha Protocol. They've applied that to Fallout. They've applied that to South Park. That just seems like an incredibly flexible studio. And so when you say, like, you're just going to get more of what you love, that, unlike unlike other studios, I, I don't know how that's going to translate. Sure. Do you mean, like, it won't 
you can foresee this being like a bad thing? I can't. No, no, no. I'm just saying like pre- predi- if you were to ask me predict what they're going to announce, yeah. I don't know if I could tell you, well, it's, it's for sure going to be this. I can't. I think first one will be a CRPG. I think it totally will be. You I think, think so? it, yeah, I think it, a top-down CRPG. But you're right, Ben. In that, it, we might get a third-person action game after that. We right. might, we might get a new Star Wars-esque RPG that would rule. Right. Uh, but I think the first thing, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to like stake it. You know what I mean? I'm willing to make that bet that it'll be a CRPG. I just have to wonder though if you have them under your umbrella. Mm-hmm. That first announcement, I feel like, is the most important. Why not? swing for the fences and do something a little bit unexpected, get that buzz, get yeah. those headlines. Yeah, and I mean, clearly, you know, Microsoft is using its money. We're not just talking right. about Xbox at that point. Microsoft is a very wealthy company that can afford this, you know, to pump money into their studios that they own. I just feel like when you get the intersection of money and ideas, it's not going to be just do the safe thing. Sure. I hope not. I hope not. We'll see. Yeah, we, and you you said uh, Microsoft's doing better about messaging, but like we started this whole conversation by saying that this event was not as cool as we thought it was going to be. So like, is that <laughs> our fault? Or I think is it's that, so. I think it was our fault. Like, should we just like it's should our we fault. just yes. take a deep breath and be like, EXO is just not exciting. It was, like, yeah. it's, it's yeah. not going to be. It's going to be something that like, yeah, we'll do reactions for it, but we're not going to. Yeah. I got hoodwinked. Get, yeah, that was on me. Okay, I don't know if I buy that completely because you never know. Like. Even even the way in which it was bad was all over the place, because I, I definitely felt like this event was kind of like a, like, it was trying to be everything in a super frustrating way. It felt mm-hmm. like it was trying to be hip and cool yes. with people who felt like were extremely awkward and out of place, while it was also trying to be like, hey man... We're with it. Whatever you're into, we're with it. And I, I just don't like that messaging. That's fair, because, Jones, they spent a ton of money on it. It was clearly a huge production budget, and also it was not never casual. It was never casually paced. It was always just... It, it was, felt like yeah. it was constantly trying to be casual. Right. And that's the... Yeah, I feel there's this kind of, like, you know, escape cord that they pull with this, where it was like, get ready for this huge event, and then we show up, and it's like, not a lot's going on. We're just like, well, yeah, but this is just a regular sh- a show that they do. Mm-hmm. You know, there'll be another one in a couple weeks that'll be less budget than this. Like, I don't know what you were expecting. Yeah. Whereas, like, I think there were... I remember some Nintendo Directs, like, really underperforming, and us, like our hype was exploding all over the place and like I think Nintendo's got a, done a better job of that over time of really letting people know like ahead of time like this is gonna be a Smash Direct and this, this one's just 3DS this guys this one's just 3DS thing. stuff yeah, right. yeah I, th- I see well, what you're saying yeah. people's ex- expectations gotta have a hand for that so. stuff based on like one Direct that happened years ago in January and so everyone's like oh it's gonna have like E3 level announcements in every single Direct yeah. uh I, I do agree with the, like the flaws of the actual like presentation of this, but I mean at, at the end of the day, it still was an inside Xbox, and we know the reputation for inside Xbox is like it, it, it's a, a monthly, essentially like podcast style show, and it doesn't have megaton announcements on it usually. Right, it's and basically it's, like here's it, what's coming again. Yeah, guys. and here's that's what it was. Gold, I think it was just thing, yeah. it was just a. Uh, I don't want to say guilt by association, but it was basically like this was a huge production in terms of a convention event for fans. Like they wanted to make go big for that. Which they do. They do and, fan and, fests. And, they, and yeah. then they tied the budget to the Inside Xbox. So Inside Xbox looked, you know, it was like dressed up and looked important and like looked like it was going to be big budget. It, it fooled, uh, at least me, like this looks like a press conferencey type or place, old PlayStation experience type Yeah, man, thing. that stage, those yeah. cameras and everything, that stuff was not cheap. Yeah, I, yeah, I so feel like, like when mixed, you dress up, yeah. though, like you yourself are are distorting the expectations. Oh, Xbox themselves. Yes, yeah. I, I, I think they yeah. had to be. I hope they at least were aware that that was like a consequence of doing that. That like there were people like us. You know, we're not we're not 
we're not idiots, you know. Yeah. Like we we were like, there's a chance there could be something big here because they are making this. It seems like right. a little bit bigger deal than usual, but at the same time, I still had reservations. Like I, this could probably just be. I think you were saying it too, Kyle. That like this could just be another inside Xbox, but like a two-hour version. It's gonna be really boring. We just we we you sat through the Gamescom one. Yeah, that was like. Uh, I just feel like with other things, even if I've been disappointed by them, I wouldn't say my feeling walking out of this was just man, that was kind of disappointing. I was hoping for this, that, or the other. It was. I don't even know how to feel. Like, I don't even know what's happening. And that's a different reaction than, like, ah, I wish that was there. So I don't want that reaction when we see the new Xbox. Sure. Basically. Yeah. Like, that's a worry that I have, mm -hmm. is that they're going to, we're going to finally get to that event, and they're going to tell us the name, and that's it, and more info later or something. You know, it's like, I just, I mean, it's kind of the same thing with Sony. No PSX, you know, the last event, they were on couches, like, just like. It's 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 a E three was really weird for Sony this year. Yeah, E three was so out of touch for them this year. For a year. group Remember like us, thing? it's like yeah. obsessed with these events. Yeah. It's just like I just I hope they learn. I hope they which is which is for me why I'm happy they canceled or didn't decide to do a oh, PSX yeah. this year yeah. because it's like that's almost what I would rather have happen more yeah. often than not is if you don't have something, don't do something. Yeah, and I, yeah, and sure. I think it's it's not about every event you do needs to be amazing. It's that you, we need to know what we're buying a ticket for. We need to know what to expect. Yeah, and so what, like for something like this, where like they they do have interesting things to talk about, but they're gonna drag it out over like you know 120 minutes. This did not it's need like, to be too Just yeah. get all the good stuff in the beginning. And then that's what we'll show up for, and then stick around, you know, Treehouse at E3 for the later stuff if, if we want to hang around. But there just seems to be this mentality with these events where it's like, no, people have to watch the whole time. And like, why? Why is that so important to you yeah. to get these views? What is it? What you know? How is that putting money in your pocket? I don't understand. You know what's also funny about that kind of stuff is I've noticed a couple of times in the more underwhelming shows, like EA show, I think I remember doing it, and this did it. They put the list on the side of here are all the announcements and they basically spoil all the announcements oh yeah but like coming up we refuse right but like we refuse yeah. to believe yeah. that that's it like we're just yeah. like oh but surely they've got some right. some some thermonuclear awesome announcements later and yeah. they just don't and it's like we need to just start believing the rundowns. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember like Black Friday deals was one of their bullet points. Yeah, yeah, I do want to say that I do think whenever they, for both uh, Sony and Microsoft, whenever it's the next console reveal event, that event will be labeled as such. It'll either be called like, the future of Xbox, next generation of Xbox, and it will say hardware announcement. Like I, th yeah. I, I think they'll be crystal clear about that, so we probably should be more cautious about assuming any event in between that oh, of course. would yeah, have no, 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 like yeah. that just because we, we were so excited about E3 them saying next gen and we're like oh yay next event and you're going to talk about it. it's like no we jumped the gun on that February 2019 look forward to it uh, news this week from Final Fantasy 15 so what had happened last week was uh, an announcement hey uh, we're having an event a big streaming event we're going to talk about the future of Final Fantasy 15 Tune in live to see what's happening with the DLC and Final Fantasy 15 going forward. And then, turned out to be bad news. It was a funeral. <laughs> it out, That's exactly It correct. turned out they, they were hyping people up for bad Final Fantasy 15 news. Yeah. So, uh, maybe I'll start there. Uh, four DLC chapters were planned for Final Fantasy 15. Uh, three of them are canceled. 
the one about Ardent's mostly done, so that'll still come out in March, but no more support that there. Uh, we will continue doing Comrades, which is the multiplayer mode of Final Fantasy XV. That'll become a spinoff game for $10. It's getting a separate updated version on PlayStation 4 on the consoles, mm-hmm. but the PC version's done. Oh. They are not touching, apparently, the PC version anymore. Okay. It's like... Must not have sold too well. Yeah. And... Yeah, I, I, I guess it was this experiment or something like that. So I was like kind of shocked. I thought they would keep that going strong at least, but that, yeah, that was the comrades thing was really shocking. I was like, oh, that too. Like, okay, sure. Yeah, I mean, to me, always a weird mode that I didn't think ever would be well supported community wise. I had some weird. I, I have the weird theory that I think it was like a, a extended test for them to decide if they want to do create a character for Final Fantasy 16 versus doing like a scripted yeah we have a we have a bet about this yeah we do so and you're gonna fail that bet because comrades failed i mean i think things are gonna be changing now because of the other news that was a part of this yes so even worse than that uh hajime tabata the director of final fantasy 15 said i'm done i'm leaving square enix i'm leaving my position at luminous productions luminous studios luminous Productions. luminous productions uh formerly he was the head of that studio and the coo and he just says i'm gone i kind of want to read his words uh because they're insane all of this is totally crazy um okay no i don't have that i i have the press release from square enix let me use that instead right now um Having conducted an in-depth review of the business strategy of Luminous Productions, which is their new studio they had just opened, a wholly owned subsidiary of the company, uh, we've decided to focus uh, Luminous Productions' development efforts on large-scale, high-quality AAA game titles, which best rev- leverage, excuse me, leverages the subsidiary's strengths. The decision has resulted in the booking of an extraordinary loss amounting to 32.7 million U.S. dollars, including the disposition of the portion of the content production account related to the game titles under development at the subsidiary and impairment losses of intangible assets. So Square Enix came out and said, hey, we're posting a $33 million loss from Luminous Productions. And going forward, we're going to have them make AAA titles, new AAA titles, because we didn't like what they were doing before. Uh, Let me tell you what Square Enix said the studio was for back when they announced it in March 27th of this very year. Luminous Productions was established with the purpose of developing new AAA titles and bringing innovative game and other entertainment content to a global audience. This will be staffed with members from the creative team behind Final Fantasy XV, developed within another Square Enix studio group, Square Enix Co- uh, Company Limited. Uh, Luminous Productions further builds on Square Enix Group's vision to create new intellectual properties alongside our existing studios. More information regarding Luminous Productions' new projects will be revealed at a later date. And then, the only other thing we ever heard about Luminous Productions is that it's Tabat- Tabata is leaving and that they're going to be working on new AAA titles. Even though that was their original business statement. Uh, it's that, but also I think worded in there is like creating new IPs and creating, bringing new types of experiences to a global, which right. means beyond Japan audience. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they were, I think they're you clearly, could read it as they were going to be doing a little bit of everything there. And it's clear they're not going to be making a new IP now. New IP was not mentioned in uh, their yeah, statement. And, and I have a feeling that could possibly be a clue about why Tabata left. 
Because, yeah. he le- because as far as we know, he resigned. He resigned and left. His yes. statement, I know you don't have it there, but he said... It was he, dated October 31st. He, he wanted to go create a new company to pursue uh, the game he wants to make, basically. Yes. And he said that uh, the younger generation... It leaves stuff in the hand of the younger generation, basically, for what he was leaving behind. And whatever he had developed so far was worth $33 million U.S. dollars. Isn't that nuts? And that's what Square Enix is saying. No, we're not working on that anymore. I mean, I don't know if it's a single project that did that. They don't sure. specifically say that. There You're could have totally been right. a lot of different things that amounted for that cost. But that was all Luminous. Whatever the case was, but 33 is within Luminous. One important thing to throw in here is that uh, also consider the fact that Square Enix released their financials recently. Yeah. They did not have a very good year, like this, this past fiscal year. What? They um, had Shadow the Tomb Raider this Shadow year. Shadow Tomb Raider did really bad um, for their expectations. I uh, like almost every single division, like console games, mobile games, at all seen decline. Even their bread and butter MMO, which had like been like bringing in the most money, their MMO department was that RuneScape. Uh, RuneScape. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. What's their MMO? I don't. I know. think it's called Ragnarok Online. Oh, okay. Maple cool. Story. Maple Story. Yeah. No, Final <laughs> Fantasy fourteen, Final Fantasy eleven, Dragon Quest ten. Um, uh, you know what? They do have more than I thought. Yeah, yeah that's fair. They have three. Um, they uh, from the same time period from the previous year were down uh, for revenue as well. So they since the launch of fourteen. No, 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 no. So the same time? period this fiscal year from yeah. the previous fiscal year. Okay. they saw a decline. Sure, but um, they've never seen a decline before. Is what you mean? I don't think they have. Okay. for 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 that department. Sure. Um, and so yeah, like it wasn't really good news overall for Square Enix. So. Maybe that maybe that has something to play with. Maybe this the, this is the first step in some larger restructuring going on potentially, or was this an isolated case of Tabata was just like not happy with like what the executives were dictating to him uh, for his project? Like they either disapproved his project, said no, you can't work on this anymore. Work on something. Do we want to shoot theories? I think they said make a new Final Fantasy, and he said I mean, no thanks. Kyle Bossman, that's exactly what I was gonna say. My, yeah. my leading contender theory is that they probably turned around and said, like, you know what, we're not working on Final. Fantasy. We're done with fifteen. We're pulling the plug on fifteen. Yep. it's time to start sixteen. We don't like who. Like, here's the question: Who the heck do they have right now that can work on Final Fantasy sixteen? Because. Toriyama and Katase are produced. They're the lead producers on Final Fantasy VII Remake, mm-hmm. which Nomura, who's finishing up Kingdom Hearts Three, will be joining which them as director. So yes. they're all busy on that. Two huge uh, teams right there. Yeah, Locked Yoko, Yoko Taro is probably heading Platinum Games and some other working on like the next near installment. You don't have that, to say probably. They, he is. I mean, it absolutely Square is because is, it made yeah. so much money. It was yeah. a success. They're like. Make another one. Just make another one right now. He, then he's probably working on that. Yep. They have the Bravely Default, like, uh, like Switch team guys, probably working on more, like, Switch caliber games. They have the Dragon Quest team who just finished up 11. They're probably working on the Switch port as well. And then they have, like... The people, World of Final people, Fantasy, people, like... Yeah, World of Final Fantasy Maxima just finished up. They have uh, people be like, what about Hideo Bob? I'm like, the Tales guy? No. He's also uh, has his own studio that he's working on. For yeah, that. we saw that game We saw recently. that game, yes. finally, for that. And then people want to point to... Uh, Oh, what's his name? Uh, his last name is uh, Hiroyuki Ito, the director of Final Fantasy VI, director of Final Fantasy XII. Yeah. Has not worked on a game in 10 years, and because Square Enix pointed him to like their janitor department, was, apparently. Was he the original on twelve or the person who came, came in at 12 in, halfway through? Came okay, in okay, to cool. finish it like that, okay. I believe. Uh, and uh, people like, he made great games yeah. a decade over a decade ago. Bring him back. And people have this crazy theory that he's been like brought in to do it. Like, like that's... That seems so insane to like let someone has ten years after that, and then you have uh, the other crazy theory that people love to say is like uh, uh, Naoki Yoshida, who's in charge of Final Fantasy fourteen, and he's in charge. He's part of the Final Fantasy committee, which was Tabata. 
Shinji Hashimoto, Naoki Yoshida, and I believe Nomura Katase was on it. It's like four people on it. And they think because he's on that panel and gets to dictate the future Final Fantasy, he'd be a candidate. But that would have to pull him off Final Fantasy fourteen. And what's his experience making like a single-player game? Like, like, yeah, like, everyone's kind of busy with stuff, and there's no, like, large, high-profile caliber team. If they're making a single-player game. Yeah, if they're making yeah. a single-player game. So, uh, that's why I believe they probably turned around and told Tabata, we have no one else. You've got to make Final Fantasy 16, and maybe it's like, no. I'm making, the, I'm making my own cool game. Said, yeah, I'm working on this project this. here. Yeah. It's, it, it, why you, you told me no, I'm not working on it. They specifically said, Luminous productions will not be working on a final fantasy i mean game. yeah if i was tabata and i just marched in the valley of death and they turned around and asked me to do it again yeah it'd be easy to peace out yes yeah even if you are coo and and head of the studio you still don't have control over it and i think that's a bummer yeah. i just i just want one thing that's it this is my only request what's your request i want to play a mainline final fantasy game where it doesn't feel like i'm entering a high commitment long-term relationship that's all i want they don't want that. I just want a game that I buy and I play and I enjoy. Yeah. And maybe if I like it a lot, I'm willing ben, to pay for DLC down. I can agree with you more. I'm I'm tired of them making these games like trying to be like the spectacle of like multiple like media things. It's like mm-hmm. just give me the game. Give me a game again. Like a single game that like I can love and, and get yes. into and yes. s- it's stop this like media circuit. You, you you tried it with thirteen, it failed spectacularly. You tacked it on to fifteen as an after, like to kind of like bridge the gaps and stuff. You're tr- probably gonna try and do it with Final Fantasy VII remake if you saw oh, the yeah, most recent thing about yeah. hey, you know all those other compilation of Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, games? I don't even want to go. We're really that. interested yeah. in those. I was like, no, stop, stop like, it. Yeah. This has never yeah. gone well with you. Just yeah. don't do this. Just make a single game and start and focus on making that good. You you talk about uh, Square Enix having a bad year, but what I consider to be one of the most resounding successes is Octopath Traveler Mm. because it was something that came out in a reasonable time from when it was announced, Mm -hmm. had nothing but good buzz, understood exactly what it was. Obviously, the scope and scale of that is going to be different from mainline Final Fantasy, and the expectations from both the audience and Square Enix is going to be a lot different, but I think there's a lesson to learn there that they've already learned and been on record talking about with Brave the Default. Just make a good video game, yeah. please. Did the Setsuna follow-up, did that come out this year? Yeah, yeah Lost Sphere, and it yeah. didn't Sphere. as well. Yeah. And that is uh, Tokyo RPG Factory. Yeah. Yeah. So they have, like, the weird thing is, like, Squarenix has business divisions. They currently, I believe, have 10. Uh, when WADA formed, like, we broke them into 12 originally, but a few of them merged since. But you also get these, like, studio names, like, like Luminous, like, production stuff. Yeah. They're under, like, that was business division two, I believe. Like, they keep funneling these studios under someone who's, like, in charge. Like, think of it like a, like a Nintendo uh, Entertainment Software divisions now, the formerly the EAD teams. Right. They're, like, they have, like, Groups under them, that even like work Capcom, them, like, and they're like yeah. numbered and everything. It's a, like, yeah, it's, it's a yeah, it's an interesting structure they do there, and it, it's just like I, I, I like part of the thing I'm worried about with Square Enix going forward is I thought they were turning things around, and they have they've had small victories here and there, but it seems like the, their biggest projects still kind of like stumble a lot, and I think it's a it's a managerial problem. I think it's yeah. a project manager problem, and I don't know if they have a, a, a solution for that, and it, it's like everything I see from this past year and this announcement with Tabata makes me kind of like skeptical that they can actually, you know, 
pull off a, a, a big project again. And, and, and like, Ben, you talked about, like, Octopath being, like, a really good game. It was made in, like, not a lot of time. I know people are like, oh, it's a smaller scale game. But there are so many other big AAA, like, games made by, like, Japanese companies that, like, I mean, Love not exactly the same game. But, like, how many Souls games have we got in the time frame it took to get, like, a single Final Fantasy right. game? Or even, like... I uh, think I think Monster Hunter is a fair comparison. Monster Hunter is a great comparison. Yeah. And Monolith Soft and Nintendo putting, like, like Xenoblade Chronicles, then X, and then Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and the span it took them to make Final Fantasy 13. And those games are, like, massive and huge. It's, like... like What's going on over at Square? They have the staff. They have the resources. Like, there has to be someone who, at a point, says, "Stop! Like, concept. Stop being. This is too ambitious. Like, stop these grand scheme projects. Just make a single game and get it. Try and get out in two to three years. Can we do that again?" It's just like pedigree with Final Fantasy, I guess. That just every game had to like outdo itself. Maybe like yeah. Eleven kind of shot themselves in the foot because it's this huge MMO, and then Twelve Eleven didn't was calling back like like time, like. Uh, yeah, I, I eleven. Do not know. I think I was a year late. late. I think eleven came out. It was it was de- it was delayed and yeah. stuff. But, but uh, then like you know, twelve was on its own. But it, it was in the world of Evil East, so it did connect to like tactics and other things and vagrant story in a weird way. And then like thirteen, they were like, no, 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 this is Fabula Nova Crystallis, and, <laughs> and it's just like, wh- why? Why did it need to be that? Like, why can't we just get? I feel like we're almost due for like a Final Fantasy nine. You know, something that's like smaller, like r- reminds us of what we yeah. love about the series. Even when you think about. Them turning the ship around on Final Fantasy XIV, I feel like the way that they did that is they focused on making a game that was a lot more playable, that focused on a story that you could get easily invested in, and that used the nostalgia of the series in a good way to enhance what you were experiencing. It wasn't like, we are going to make the most earth-shattering thing ever ever because i don't think from like a, a mechanical perspective or or a perspective of, of scope that final fantasy 14 is this hugely wildly innovative mmo oh, it's it just not. it just nails a lot of the fundamentals mm-hmm. it nails a lot of the things that you want and that's that's really all i want to see i i don't need them to impress me with this crazy technology i just want to care about the people yeah uh, I for, you brought up Final Fantasy IX real quick, uh, Ben. Uh, I wanted to point out that... Uh, I think that was Jones. Or Jones, Jones. sorry. Uh, Hiroyuki Ito, also Final Fantasy IX. That's why people want him sure. to be in charge yeah, yeah. of the next Final Fantasy, because, hey, you made the best Final Fantasy. What has he done since then? Uh, the last thing he did was Final Fantasy XII. Oh, okay. Uh, he was, uh, I guess, consulted on the Zodiac Age, but... Sick. The last game he directed was Final Fantasy XII. Uh, I have a last, one last question, uh, kind of related to all this. Is you know, Luminous Productions also was to use the Luminous engine, and that was a big part of the studio. That I was like, dead. Don't. I kind of think you're they, right. They, um, I think I, after Kingdom Hearts 3's development, you think Unreal, w- from Unreal here 4, out? I think yeah. they are just everything's Unreal 4. Because uh, what? Dragon Quest is Unreal. Final Fantasy VII Remake is Unreal. Yeah. Yeah, I think I everything think, will be on that. I, I'm, I'm with you there. And I think that might be another part of why Luminous Productions is a $33 million loss. You know what else is dead, Kyle? Huh? That Avengers game. Wait, what? what? Why? That's Eidos. Uh, oh, okay. I why? Just, what? What? I would not be surprised if they. I'm just based on this. Maybe I'm just oh. lumping two things There's, together. No, 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 this no, is no, this no, is no, problem. No, I would no, not be surprised. This is problem. More problems with the Japanese side right, yeah, of, yeah. of Square Enix and stuff. I mean, Shadow of the Tomb Raider did underperform. Like Eidos has had like you know, has had but, the best. Well, along either, the lines of what Ben was talking about with Octopath, where it was just like announcement, concept, enjoyment, more information. Mm-hmm. You know, marketing leading up to it, introducing characters, release, review, success, great. Yeah, Avengers was like yay, and then. It, absolutely nothing at all mm-hmm. like no interviews no yeah. nothing you know it's I mean, like 
Yeah, it's just it's, so so weird to have that and have it be a licensed thing, and then have Marvel be doing so much stuff. We, I think we should accept that game is next gen, right? Popping out at yeah, like, I, it's either next gen, and I think I have to. I I think either I heard something or I would agree with the speculation. I think it is off limits to besides the teaser to show anything until uh, both the Infinity War two-parters came out oh. i think there were it's not connected to those but i think they wanted to be distanced from those mm. and not like have any competing thing with that going on it was like fair someone from like i thought someone from marvel and i don't need to lump like this into the conversation we were having and but make it too complex it's relevant that is, man, that is cause cause odd to me because don't you want the game and the movies to work together to if they're not related though i i mean i, I guess you can ride the hype but i think the solution is after four comes out uh, avengers four People are like, what's next? What's next? Oh, here's an Avengers video game that, like, you know, gives you, like, a whole nother, like, take on it and, like, fills the gap until they reach, like, the next phase movies or whatever. Because, I mean, I kind of feel like the existence of Spider Man debunks that theory immediately. Well, I mean, Spider Man might not be part of MCU for very long because Venom did freaking amazing and Sony's like, eh, we don't know about giving you Spider Man beyond Avengers. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. No, they have all the. What have I started? It's got a big. Venom didn't do freaking amazing. In box office wise, Black it is doing for now. did freaking amazing. It just surpassed Justice League's Justice, League, Justice job, League's worldwide really? box office. Yes, Venom. Okay. You, I might might like, you might not like Venom, I but like it's doing a lot. It, its box office is huge. Also, the and, autofill for on Google typing box office mojo. Mm-hmm. The first thing is Venom. What does it say after that? Uh, total domestic total as of November twelfth is two hundred and seven million dollars. That's domestic, uh, and, and I domestic. think worldwide is even better. Right? Yeah, I'm trying to look for worldwide. Uh, worldwide, six hundred seventy seven million dollars. I did not see that. Uh, That's a lot of money, dude. Production budget was hundred million. Cost a lot either. I bet it did. What? That Venom Compared CG? Compared to like a Marvel movie? No, yes. the, the production budget was $100 million, which yeah, is like basically that, not so much million. for one movie okay. like this. Yeah. That's on the lower That's end. the production budget. So Yeah, sorry to go into like a tangent for this, but the what well, you're talking about, Jones, real quick, about Eidos. I guess the point I want to make is that I don't think they've ever like had de- like excessive delays and like a history of like games not meeting uh, a release date and sure. then like it takes years for it to come out. I think their production how like their studio is in order and when it comes to like the, the managers and like production. Marketing maybe a different story, but yeah. But it's a fair point in that, you know, this is a company that has to pay for those employees and their time and that they're not seeing returns on it yet for years and years developing that one Avengers game. I like guess, I, I but I, that, yeah. I feel like they probably are sitting on the fact that that's, it has the potential to make so much money for them. And it will. It's too I, good for them to turn up. And yeah. the fact that like Marvel decided to work with them on Avengers... Like, Sony got Spider-Man, which was huge. Mm-hmm. But then you go to Sony with, with Avengers... Yeah. You know, you think like, oh, they would definitely go with the biggest franchise with like the bigger studio. And yeah. like, we went with. That's I, right. We, and we actually we looked at their financial chart, which was, you know, in conjunction with this announcement of the thirty three million dollar loss. And there was a huge spike in expectations. And I think like next, Q2 2019. Yeah. Late, late like, next year. Inexplicable yeah. spike. Just like, boom, we expect to make these many millions of dollars in this month. And it's like, wait, why? And so that's probably Avengers. It, yeah. may, it might be Final Fantasy seven that, remake, but seems way too soon. For that. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's one of those two. I. I have some quick more facts just about the Venom thing. <laughs> yeah, Venom yeah, facts. Sure. Uh, domestic, it's 27th of all Marvel movies. Uh, just domestic uh, gross, 27th. Uh, Black Panther made worldwide total $1.3 That's where frickin' comes in, dude. Inf- Infinity War made $2 billion. What? Uh, and uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, since it's most directly related, made $880 million. 
Wait, worldwide. Two bill? For Infinity War, yeah, worldwide. Which is funny because Black Panther beat Infinity War domestic, apparently. It did, yeah. That oh. Which is crazy to me. Like, two bill. I don't know if any other movie's gotten two bill, right? Uh, it might be one of the highest ever. I can look. Well, yeah, we can look at all times. Uh, yeah, so it's pretty crazy. And a refresher, Venom made 677 worldwide. Yeah. So close to Homecoming. So, yeah, just under it Homecoming. Is. But it's I will say this, Cal, in defense of like, your stance. Huh. I think this the Venom uh, film... Is the high bar. I don't think it gets better than that. I don't it think does, it, dude. Venom not, 2 does better than Venom 1. I don't think it does. Okay. Even with Carnage, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> uh, okay. Best of all time worldwide. Ready? Yeah. Uh, uh, that must be billion. Yeah, okay. Trillions. Uh, <laughs> Avatar. Avatar. Trillions. One trillion dollars. <laughs> yes. uh, Avatar is... Uh, 2.7 billion, if I'm reading this correctly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, it is. Oh, no. <laughs> Titanic is oh. 2.1. Star Wars Force Awakens is 2.068. And then oh. Infinity War is 2.046 billion. And then give me one more. Jurassic World, 1.67 yeah. billion. Oh, dollars. Okay. And then The Avengers 1 is 1.5 billion. Dollars. Huh. Oh, and then Furious 7. Yep. Huh. Black Wait. Panther is ninth with one point three billion, and then Harry Potter. Oh, Furious Seven, Fast and the Furious. Fast and Seven. Furious, oh, yeah. but it was just oh, okay. called Furious Seven. I thought that was the Western movie for a second. Oh. Avengers: Age of Ultron is eighth before Black Panther. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Are movies okay? Oh, they're doing fine. Movies are no, doing no, okay. No, no, I mean like in the soul. Oh, <laughs> yeah, dude. Okay. This right. list is pretty funny. It's like, oh, okay, this is what people like. Is that the adjusted yeah. for inflation list or just like the raw? Um, I'm pretty sure, I know it's the raw, but like, I think do they have the adjusted for inflation one? It's always fun to see. No, because then like, like gone for the gone wind. Yeah, gone yeah, yeah, for the wind. Yeah, I want to see it. You like it? Sounds like it's podcast halftime. The following are the official freaking sponsors of Easy Allies for the month of November. <laughs> Hogue Law Business Law Firm. Whether you're starting a business at level one, stuck fighting the dreaded fundraising boss, or finally cashing out with a well-earned high score, you need a good business lawyer at your side. Hogue Law brings more than a decade of experience forming and funding companies, negotiating contracts, and everything in between. At Hogue Law, it's always business law time. Check them out at hoeglaw.com or on Twitter at Hogue Law. L. Fanis. Y2Kyle89 Beaten Down Brian iKeyless iKeyless.com is proud to sponsor Easy Allies. If you need a replacement car key or remote, use offer code EZA at checkout for free shipping and 30% off of your order. Mango Sweet Justice, a sound design company from the southern shores of the UK. They've worked on some of the biggest AAA titles, the most refreshing indie titles, and collaborated with the best development teams in the world. Will Schmuck, who reminds you to watch Box Peak and watch Tabletop Escapades. And our mega sponsor... Jigarbov Productions. Watching the Easy Allies XO18 reaction to on Twitch filled me with joy. 
especially when it got to the Minecraft stuff, and I saw the huge amounts of Jigarbob spam in the chat, even though that wasn't me on stage and indeed another team. Maybe next year. What was also very clear by the surprise and delight with the cars and such that was shown is that I need to do a better job of showing off what my stuff actually is to the Allies. Yes. I'm not saying it's better, but it ain't just cars. (laughs) Maybe next week. We'll see. Go team. All of these links are available in the description. Thank you to our sponsors. If you want to send John's a quick quick clip, he'll put it in. Oh, yeah. You know? You'll do it. We, we have had short little game trailers as you well, did. Well, see, like, now we're doing it all over again. Now I'm, now we're blowing it up. Now everyone's just like EXO. They're going to be so excited for next week's podcast. You know, And like then we have no clips. Maybe we're, yeah, you know, we're, we're okay. selling it, it too much. so funny to see how many people in chat thought that Jigabob was on stage. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't. I don't think they did. They just heard Minecraft mods. We make make money doing that. It's like, oh, that's what Jigabob does. There you were know? a few people like it's the it's the person in the flesh there, and I was like, sure. uh, I don't think that's them. Uh, just maybe next year. Just to say it, uh, Box Office Mojo doesn't do worldwide adjusted, just domestic adjusted, because mm. uh, I guess it would be crazy to adjust every currency. Oh yeah, yeah. Gotcha. But yeah, Gone with the Wind is top adjusted. And uh, unadjusted domestic top is Star Wars Force Awakens. Oh, wow. Good job, Star Wars. Earlier today, the Game Awards announced their Game of the Year nominees, all of, the, all of their categories and all of their nominees. Uh, should be stated, Easy Allies is a uh, judge? What do we call, the, call this? Sure. Panel? Yeah. Whatever. Easy Allies votes on uh, both of the, the, uh, the nominees and the actual winners. Um Except myself, because uh, I tend to be some way involved with the production of uh, that. And so, yeah, uh, you know, I don't want to come off as promotional, but I do kind of want to talk about the Game of the Year nominees, and they have a fun game. Uh, so there are six nominees for Game of the Year. They are Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Celeste, God of War, Spider-Man, Monster Hunter World, and Red Dead Redemption 2. What do you think that order is? Do you think it's randomized order? That is a... I just realized it's not alphabetical. Yeah, I don't know how they do that. Wait, it's not alphabetical? No. Yeah, Sorry, votes or something. Yeah. What was your first poll, Ben? I just I just want to know how they arrived at that because in a way, that kind of feels like the biggest games of the year and Celeste. And that is not a slight <laughs> on Celeste. I love Celeste. I think yeah. the game is amazing. I just want to know how they got there with that. Uh the committee, I mean you can look at like who's voting. But it was a, it was a committee decision mm-hmm. and that, that is what came out of it. Yeah, okay. a lot of people just said, here's my top six games, and then Celeste was mentioned in enough of them to rise to that top six. Cool, cool. That's Yeah, all like the that. people who vote fill out nomination things, and I think they just tallied up by the numbers, right? Yeah. And I think it's worth noting, um, this isn't necessarily too inside baseball, but like there were some things we didn't really vote on, like mobile I don't feel comfortable voting on. I, I, like VR, like we check out a lot of VR stuff, but like, so we, we put a, a couple things in there, but the, the way that they do the ballot system is nice because you can add something if you would if you want to it's not like fill out all of these or don't mm-hmm. if you just have one game you're really passionate about in a genre put it in there get a vote in and, and we should be included we should state we haven't voted yet we just nominated correct right. we, yeah. we, we yeah. submitted our nominations and then those were tallied and announced i, I feel like the time of the timing of the game awards is always super unfortunate there's always that december game that feels like it slips through the cracks and then doesn't sure. really get justice the following year and this year we get one coming out 9 p.m that very night yeah yeah it just feels weird talking about game of the year and, and not including smash which i think you could definitely argue is one of the biggest games of the year and it's gonna have a hard time next <laughs> excuse me Let's... next year right Woo! yeah right. <coughs> so it's just from? it's just gone yeah that was a weird one and xenoblade chronicles xenoblade chronicles was 2 yeah up this year for 
eligible, nomination, but yeah. yeah. And uh, got got snubbed in the soundtrack category. Excuse me, yeah, what? Do you want to say? You got snubbed in the soundtrack category. You got snubbed! Torn is like, the you, best You can argue about like the quality of the RPG. Like I know it's somewhat divisive among some people, but like... That soundtrack, especially exactly. and, and Torna as well. Like it's not just the OG soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Torna, like, Torna is amazing. It's just like the the the, the quality and the and like just the, the volume of good tracks is just. Remember, it was like right hand in hand with like near soundtrack. For I us. I, like, I we, yeah, encourage yeah, last year absolutely. I encourage you, even if you don't care at all about the gameplay, that's fine. Whatever. Just go on YouTube and pull up that Torna soundtrack and just listen to it. It's just fun to listen. It's to too late song. for our audience. You got to talk to our contemporaries. You gotta shake hands at E3 and say, also, hey, why don't you check out that Xenoblade Chronicles soundtrack? No, I'm just saying as, as, a, as a service to the listener. Oh, okay. I'm enhanced. Yeah. Because it wasn't nominated, it's you, not going to get This might potentially enhance your life. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, the category I want to play a game with is Best Esports Moment. So <laughs> I'm going to list each of the nominees, and I want to see if this panel can determine what game we're talking about. Okay. Because they actually don't even list the game for most oh, of Oh, nice. All right. Okay, here we go. C9 comeback win in triple OT versus phase. What game League of Legends. No. Uh, Overwatch. It's no. Cloud, Cloud 9. Dota mm-hmm. 2. No. I'm out. Counter Strike. It's Counter Strike. Counter Strike. I'm out. <laughs> Sorry. Should be noted that was the first North American team to win a major in Counter Strike um, history. That was an oof from us. Oh, it's going to keep going. Yeah, we got okay. more oofs. G2 beating RNG. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna guess Overwatch. No, <laughs> League. That's League. We got a League. I, I know RNG is a team, but oh, it, nice. it would be so funny if it was just like, hey, they beat randomness. <laughs> yeah. You did it. You they did, did it. RNG. Uh, it was statistically improbable, and you did it. Should be noted that, uh, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of the teams have are across multiple games. So it is. It's harder than it should be, yeah, right? Yeah, Like Cloud Nine yeah, plays yeah. Overwatch. Like C Nine is a thing where you yeah. have a point and then leave it. KT versus IG Base Race. Oh my god! <laughs> That's League of Legends too. <laughs> oh. And I think Base Race probably is a League of Legends thing, right? If that was the moment, like, oh, look at this Base Race! Look at this Base Race! Okay. I guess. All right. Oh, yes. This is I've, this is. But rough. you could say I don't know that, if I've ever uh, felt worse on this podcast yeah. before. OG's massive upset of LGD. <laughs> Heroes of the Storm. No. Nah. <laughs> I like that stab. Overwatch. <laughs> you went out there. Nope. Massive upset. Mm-hmm. Rainbow Six Siege. No. League? It's Dota Two. Uh, Dota. <laughs> all right. it's one of those. They're all going to be League, Dota Two, or Counter Strike. I think we can get this next one, actually. Okay. I feel Fortnite. really confident about this. Yeah. Uh, Fortnite, Ninja, and Drake. Sonic Fox side switch Dragon against Ball Goichi. Yeah. Yes! Yeah, yes, we got one, baby! Woo! Sonic Fox. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know it's on there. Like, I didn't see the list. Like, well, the thing is, sure Sonic Fox, there. I feel like you could say several things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Dragon Ball yeah. Yeah. Was the, 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 yeah. That was, like, one of the biggest moments. I remember that. Yeah. By the way, I guaranteed not to win. That was not a great moment when they switched sides. Uh... It was it was a pretty entertaining moment. It was, sure, it okay, caused it caused a good bit of it was drama. Yeah, that. There's controversy. It maybe involved. seems like a little bit lighter now that time has passed, yeah. but in the heat of the moment, it was so pretty good. Intense, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, it's so fun. You know, like, uh, we have a weekly podcast about video games and there's still so much we don't cover. You know what I mean? It's a huge world. Uh, and I like, I like that the game awards, you know, is in on those things to many listeners, to many people who would never listen to this podcast. All five of those things made a ton of sense. And so, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, I should have realized like Overwatch teams don't have like cities before them. So. Oh, because they're like Austin. Yeah. 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 Man, I their sponsors was kind of players, hoping there'd be but... more moments from Evo. I, f- I feel like you, there were several things like the the switching of the sides moment, I guess. But hmm, I don't know. I can't think of one that I liked more than the than Dragon Ball Fighters finals, though. I mean, I guess it depends on what the qualification is because mm-hmm. I would not maybe describe this as a high mark, but the Smash 4 finals <laughs> were something that immediately stick out in my mind about Evo. That'd be like most distinct moments, Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, most distinct, yeah, yeah exactly. That exactly. was, Jones, it was in Bayonetta, just cleaned house. Nice. Yeah. Bayonetta mirror match. Yeah. Well, just, that they yeah, gave their, up their, their, their BM, yeah, yeah. that yeah. specifically yeah. is what The two players too. refused to hit each other at one right. point. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was... They had a, a judge or referee went up there and said, you guys gotta you, fight. Yes. <laughs> to have some sportsmanship, please. It's not time for love and respect. Love, Love and respect. respect. <laughs> that was a good one, team. Uh, uh, <laughs> excuse me. Oh, no. Mm, mm. When's he going to get over that cough? We had to do a lot of screaming tonight. Uh, we did. Hint. Th- no, it's not a hint. We just have this exercise where Jones gives us some garbage bags and we all just scream into them. I'm okay um, with the hint. Okay. Uh, <laughs> greetings, allies. With the announced closing of Prima Games... It has made me a little nostalgic for the days when buying a strategy guide along with a new video game release was almost a given. Yes. Back when we didn't have the internet and a quick Google search to answer all our video game conundrums. Uh, What fond memories do you have of a strategy guide in the past? Do you still own any today? Are you sad to see the strategy guide industry finally come to a close? Love and respect, G. Bailey. I feel extremely passionate about this. Let's bring it on. Okay, so the benefit of strategy guides, as specifically as a kid, is for was for multiple things. Uh, it was something that you could bring with you, and if you were so inclined, like there are there are moments I remember in class just like slyly pulling out a strategy guide, and I feel like strategy guides did the best of both worlds, where the good ones didn't really ruin story moments for you. But they could still make you excited about what was to come because depending on how they were laid out, you could see an enemy or just a screenshot of an area and get excited. And so as you were playing through it, and especially in the the, the olden days, it took me a lot longer to get through things and that sense of wonder was really exciting. Whereas I feel like you go on the internet now and you just get everything in five seconds. It's mostly YouTube videos, man. It's mostly no imagination required. Here's a yeah. YouTube video of what to do exactly. And the best strategy guides, the ones that went above and beyond, would have like little features in the back. Uh, I had this amazing, I believe it was Versus Book, Fantasy Star Online strategy guide. And they'd be like, hey man, here's the entire history of Fantasy Star. We're going to talk about each of the games, even stuff that didn't come out over here. Um, and you get stuff like that. And you get interviews with like voice actors or directors and producers. And it just felt like this... this awesome extra feature for your video game and so yeah i i really lament the days of super quality strategy guides being gone definitely the i think one of the lost arts with the slow death of i mean the inevitable death of uh strategy guides has been 
the, like the presentation of the older ones, they, they declined over the years, but um, specifically, I'll talk about the uh, Nintendo Power Strategy Guides. Yes. Um, they, they used to do a wonderful job of incorporating like just the, the page layouts with like original artwork. Sometimes the only place you'd see a piece of artwork back then would only be in that guide. So I would love getting my hands on a new one. It wasn't necessarily for the strategy part of it, which was the interesting thing. It was more for like the experience. It was something to complement the game. After I'd actually beaten it, I would want to like read the strategy guide to see like the like they put in nuggets of lore. They'd show like the like the page layouts with the screenshots, the artwork and like like especially like the Ocarina of Time. They, like the link to the past one, just like that cover with the overall map. And then you go through like the beginning part is just like this retelling of the creation of Hyrule with like this unique artwork. That's a much more fleshed out version of what you see in the game if you leave the title screen on like stuff like that even like the Mario 64 guide like Super Mario 64 guide seeing like the re- like the 3D renders like fully like drawn out there like it was like would they do top down maps for that they would do like top down maps as well so you get to like see like the lay of the land in a way you didn't get to really see in, in the game because you know that was, they didn't do 3D maps at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you said, like Ben said, like a lot of like them had like features, like interviews and stuff. It, it's something that's like has been pretty standard in Japanese guides because I still collect uh, specifically Legend of Zelda Japanese the official guides from still collect from, them from Shogakukan. You saying um, you're missing some still? No, I have all of them. But like oh, okay. each new game, they still make them. But Got like it. over Got time. It. They've suffered the same thing. Like they, this, they still make a lot bunch of different strategy guides there for their games, but they become like more just focused on being efficient and yeah. getting like the information how to beat the game. Whereas the older ones, uh, so like the old Japanese guides, used to have so much artwork in them stuff. You, you wouldn't. I mean, I said like you wouldn't see anything else in the American ones. This stuff is like you have never seen anywhere else, even to th- this day and age, in the internet. It was like the only spot you can find a piece of art, and they'd have elaborate, lengthy developer interviews. A lot of them that still are being translated to this day by like fans that have like these nuggets of information that otherwise you would never ever hear about, and you you don't. I get why things have changed the way they have. People just want information immediately. That's why like. Like wiki style guides beat out like fan site guides, which tried to emulate those strategy guides and like have nice layouts because they weren't easily searchable. I couldn't type in how do I beat this on the on the on like a Zelda fan site or a Mario fan site or whatever fan site. Mm-hmm. Whereas I go to wiki, how do like a strategy guide wiki? You go to this, how do I do this? It comes up there, and now you just go like to Google and it brings up YouTube videos which actually show you. You don't have to like. I don't understand what do they mean by hold right at this angle or something. Like, I don't get the now they show you it. It's just the way it's evolved, but I still think I, I definitely lament the, the the loss of older strategy cool. guys. Also, older uh, instruction manuals kind of go hand in hand with yeah. this. About it's like a lost art, basically. Well, kind of stepping off from that, like <coughs> to me, like I agree with everything you both said, but to me also, yeah, like reading the instruction guide in the car on the way home from the mall or whatever. Reading the uh, like I had the Prima guide for Sweet Code and one and two. Did I you think. get it with the game? Or did I you got it with the game cool. and like. The weird thing with that is it was presented in such a way that it didn't feel like cheating. It didn't feel like looking at a guide. It felt like a supplement to the game, and it felt like part of the game. It felt like having a map. Like, you would have a map if you were traveling in this country. It felt like a sacred object that was, like, not... It added to the game. It was part of the game, and you could almost read it and feel like you could play the game when you weren't able to play the game. Like if you're in class or in bed or something, you could look at these pages and feel like you're a part of that world still. 
And yeah, I really miss that. I mean, I don't do that anymore now, but yeah. I, I do want to say I actually did have that experience this year in like a really cool way. Uh, I was playing Pokemon Sun and you can get the this really nice like hardcover Pokedex. Cool. And just it comes with like a, a poster with a type chart and it would be really exciting because I would catch a new Pokemon and you would look it up in the Pokedex. And yes. It's not like it's ruining the game for you. Right. But just like the layout and the quality of the pages, it felt like this little companion that I had with me. Man, I which, hope that was in a Prima guide. No, it was It was an official Nintendo okay. thing or Pokemon company thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was awesome. And I, I would love more games to have that kind of experience. Obviously, it's un- unique to Pokemon when you're looking up specific creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it's kind of fun just to have some other little side thing to dig into. Jones, do you have a favorite guide, strategy guide? Uh, one. I, it, uh, like, all the memories that you're talking about, I was not a big Nintendo Power, Power guy growing up. I was, mm-hmm. EGM was probably, like, the only magazine I, like, owned and, like, actually, like, subscribed to. But, and I've, I have friends that... Uh, swear by them and even when, like when they're gonna go back and play an old game again like they'll still have the guide there sick and i love all these stories i just i wish i could contribute something i want to hear about your the one. one game yeah. that i had the guide because i had a friend and it was the first time i played final fantasy 6 and it was i was like oh i'm, oh, I'm gonna great. get in on this yeah. and my friend was like you should have a guide going in because i was very new to role-playing games and I think there are a couple guides. I remember there actually being several at the time. And it's right. It's it's it's. I could walk into the house and grab it right now. I don't think I've but ever think, seen the FF6 guy. That's I cool. think one of my favorite things about it was it was written in a very personable way. Like, yeah. And I, I remember actually the opening. The very first page said, "The game begins as most stories often do on a dark and stormy night." And it had that <laughs> kind of vibe to it. Cool. And so it was. I, I was grateful because there's a lot. I don't. I easily would have gone through that game without finding Gogo or Umaro or like yeah. would have missed all these other characters and stuff and I think I'm the type of player now it took me a long time and I considered it a defeat almost when I finally had to go to the internet for Red Dead and I was like I just don't know where the hell this thing is I gotta find it this treasure map or something like I've searched for I just can't find it Um, but I've just never been that kind of person I I like to think I like to think in the future like I'm always thinking of how even in something like Red Dead like how can this information be actually in the game itself if you want to find it like how can you create characters in this game that know about the world because there obviously should be yeah. people like that that know. Implement the guides into it. You know, It's funny. I had two in my entire life. One was a Super Mario Sunshine that I think just came with it in some sort of deal that I bought it with. The other one was NFL Blitz uh, <laughs> because I got that game and when you load a match it does the stupid midway arcade thing where you just mash buttons yes. until like something <laughs> cool happens. Yeah. Yep. And like I couldn't get anything cool to happen. So I saw that thing at Walmart and I was like Dad we gotta get this because I don't know what the cheat codes are. And he's like dude this is this is 20 bucks. That's half the game's price. I said, yeah, dad, but I don't know how to play the game without this guide. And so, like, he was super nice. He got me that, that NFL Blitz guide. And so, like, what? It's just, like, here's what you press to get Raiden in the game. And I'm like, cool. And so I got this stupid guide just to learn a bunch of cheat codes. Because, you know, I'm not looking at, like, the actual strategies of which play to use against which teams. I just wanted that last page of the cheat codes. That's the That's... kind of ludicrous crap we had to do in the 90s. Yeah. yeah. That's the exact opposite response I had to that match the buttons in NFL Blitz. Like, <laughs> yeah. my friends and I made a game out of it where oh. it was, like, we're going to keep trying stuff until we unlock something. Yeah. And like it became a source of entertainment for, you know, a brief period of time. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I, Kyle, I imagine that the conversation with your dad, like that was a, a literal transcription. Imagine how frustrating that is as a dad. Just like, yeah. what? Well, that is half the 
price of this game for yeah. cheat codes? Yeah, Dad, come on, I need it. Just like, also, right. like, you know when your kids are trying to, like, roll you, you know? Like, yeah. con yes. you? Yeah. Anytime Bending. I'm in a toy store and I see a little kid, like, running a con on their parents, I'm just like, oh, kid, I see right through you. Uh, our, our, uh, when our godsons pulled a con on Amanda, I was, I was actually really <laughs> proud of him. Okay. <laughs> she, we were, uh, uh, he came over and slept over. It was their first sleepover ever. They, they came over to the house and they, they, uh, they're, uh, parents were getting up really early the next day for an event, and they were just like, "It'd be really help if we could just." Drop oh, so you're the like babysitting? Off. So we're like, "Oh yeah, great, yeah, yeah." So we like made a big event out of it, and I actually went up, flipped to San Francisco the next morning to play Red Dead. And so I was like, you know, I gotta go. Sorry, <laughs> it was like fun to hang, but later. Um, but so the next day, Amanda's with them, and she's like, she's like, I don't know, we could go walk Sophie or something. And she's like, Oh, there's a toy store actually a couple blocks away. We can go like walk to that toy store, and they're like, Okay, and they go in. There's two kids, Max and Otto, and they she tells younger Otto. Uh, just ten bucks is your limit. Just go find anything. Ten bucks. Otto returns with something. Ten dollars even. She's like, great. Max, the older brother, shows up and he's like, hey, so I got this Beyblade, and you got this one that's like thirteen dollars, but this one that's seventeen. <laughs> it's real cool because it's got the wind up thing. And she's like, don't you have those? I've seen those at the house. You have that wind up thing with the Beyblade. He's like, yeah, but if you just, you know, and he like turns it over, shows the back. You see, it's got here. And she's like, alright, fine. You know? <laughs> We'll get it. And she tells me that story later, and I'm like, I am so proud of that yeah. story. <laughs> and you know what? Because it was smart Forget to bring the them both. So yeah. she yeah, could yeah, understand no. what a $17 one looks like and a $13 one looks like. Been there before. That's the value proposition, man. Mm. Great move. So good. Uh, I feel bad about the game we played. It was it felt almost impossible. I want to play a game that I think we can you know, compete in. Okay. I, I want to, Like a game that I think you can handle. That man, if nice. we screw this one up, we're really going to feel bad. Yeah. They um, <laughs> set us up for failure. <laughs> howdy, Easy Allies. Uh, I have a game for you that I hope you will enjoy. I've always loved video game soundtracks. Mm. Below, I've listed a, so- a title of a song from a game's original soundtrack with three possible games that it comes from. Uh, while the track names may appear in other games, they only appear in one game from each list. The panel's task determine which is the right track. Okay. Um, love and respect, your ally, anachronistic timepiece. This could so easily be really hard. Yeah. Uh, it could be. Uh, this one will be the first two are easy. Here we go. Big Blue. Oh, F-Zero. Yep. We don't even need the multiple choice there. The Moon. The DuckTales. Yep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Never mind. Here we so, go. Never that, mind. This, this, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's hustling yeah. us. Here it comes. That could be Portal 2 also. Like. Rust, Dust, and Guts. Is that from Borderlands, Doom from 2016, or Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare? Oh, man. COD. I'm no. going to say Borderlands. Borderlands. No, it's Doom. Uh, Damn. Yeah, I have right, no idea. Yeah, it's, it's not going to get easier. Wind Scene. Is that from Eternal Sonata? Chrono Trigger or Etrian Odyssey 4? Ooh. Eternal Sonata. No. It's the good one. They'd be more. Chrono Trigger. I feel like I want like little. Because cl- I can yeah. recognize the. Yeah. This, well, the names. Funny. I'm bad with names and everything. When yeah. You, I, when I, you I, s- go ahead. When you said the title of that, that's the kind of game I immediately pictured. I was like, okay, so it's a, it's an RPG. Yeah, and then all the choices <laughs> yeah. were RPGs. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's tricky. <laughs> A tragic decision. Is that from Xenoblade Chronicles, Tales of Symphonia, or Radiant Historia? Come on. Radiant Historia. Radiant His- Tales of Symphonia. Xenoblade. Yeah, it's from Xenoblade. It's from Xenoblade. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've heard the, so- the, the title of that before. A tragic decision. From a tragic decision. <laughs> All right. Okay. We're doing bad. Oh, yeah. We're about to get this one. 
the gun pointed at the head of oh, the Halo. universe. Yes. Yeah. That's you know, it's that a one? crazy title of a track. How's right? it go? Uh, it's the end. That's the, the finale. So yeah, that. Yeah, okay. yeah. Man, their song is. titles are just like their shit. Yeah, I got yeah. one. Yay. Yeah. Before we even did multiple choice on that one, that was really good. All right, here we go. Returning to base. <laughs> oh, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Command and Conquer, Tiberium Wars, mm. XCOM, Enemy Unknown, or Valkyria Chronicles? Oh. Uh, XCOM. Uh, Valkyria Chronicles. It's Tiberium Wars. It's Command and Conquer. <laughs> Every single time Everybody we have the last one, yeah. That's well, why I said, come on. Like, who, who knows the type? Period, like, son, three, like, oh, man. Have you never, like, Wars. Valkyrie Fortnite used a lot of Valkyrie 1 music? Like, they have a track listing in there. Like, they're the most generic titles yeah. ever. Yeah. I feel oh, like yeah. that's true of a lot of <laughs> yeah. video game yeah, music. Yeah, it's really man. like, oh, right. God, come on. And we've lost it now. Now, the, the rest of these are trash. Okay. Battle Scene 2. <laughs> oh, this is an old game. Then. Is this from Final Fantasy 2, Final Fantasy 7, or Final Fantasy 10? Final Fantasy 2. Yep. Nice. Like, four English you mean like four or OG two, like Japanese two? I don't know, man. It says, it's from two. Final, it's, it says two. It's from Final Fantasy four. Oh, well, okay. I think it's also from Final Fantasy two on NES. It's my guess. Uh, oh, NES. Yeah, I'm, I. He said NES. On we that? already got no, it right. You yeah. got it right. Ben okay. got it right. Let ben him have wins. this. Don't question it. Damiani's so salty that Ben just stole that well, point. I'm, I'm, I question it because I don't think <laughs> Final Fantasy one, two, and three Jap- Japanese Final Fantasy one, two, and three. I actually think it has think, tracks. I'm, like, I mean. I'm pretty sure it is Final Fantasy two NES. Okay, all right. Last or battle. Famicom. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Last battle four. What? <laughs> Come on, this is. I said their last few. Are what, okay, what, what has four phases of a boss battle? Last battle four. <laughs> Give us yeah. the names. The Legend of Dragoon. Dragon Quest Eight, the world ends with you. Uh, I'm gonna guess Dragon Quest Eight. No, world Dragoon. ends with you. Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and this one is complete trash. Z five M twenty I twelve R zero four A twenty eight. Is that from Deus Ex? Mega Man uh, Battle Network, Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth, or Xenoblade Chronicles X? Digimon, Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth. No. Xenoblade Chronicles X. Yes. Woo! It is, that is... Music tracks are weird. The, yeah. uh, the Batman <laughs> Begins yeah. score, all of the tracks are different species of bat. Ooh. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> a little too cute, you think? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. I, I love, like, it doesn't mean I anything. I love it when they do that. Yeah, you know, I think that's you just attach whatever name. Here, Here's how I feel like I appreciate most video game music, mm-hmm. is I'll be playing a game and I'll be like... This sounds nice. Yeah. And then there will be a couple of tracks where I'm like, this is so good. I mm-hmm. have to find out more. Nobody's like, ah, Last Battle 4. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll be like, this game has great music for the final yeah. boss battle. Yeah. The title is irrelevant. I'm curious mm-hmm. some of the older ones have like more colloquial, like known names or something. Like that. Like these are the official names, but people know them as like something else. Yeah. <laughs> like like the Mario tracks. You would know them from the worlds that they're in. Basically. Yeah. Like who calls it yes. the athletic theme? Like that's is, Super Mario that? World. It's called Athletic Theme. That's the dun 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 dun. dun, dun. That's Athletic Theme. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, that's I'm not the around. theme. It's not like called like Mar- Super Mario World theme or something like or that. Or World One Two. Yeah, it's yeah, not like called that. Athletic. I got, I got burnt on Twitter over a song title because I tweeted out I was like because I was at uh, Disneyland when that Smash the Smash trailer came out mm-hmm. and I was like and I was like wait the Mr. Fahrenheit version wasn't the the actual version and yeah. somebody replied and they're like did you call it Mr. Fahrenheit? I'm like, <laughs> oh, sorry, don't stop me now. Yeah, come on, give a break. <laughs> that was fun though. 
and you got us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those are good. It had a funny Props. transition from like, come on, yeah. too easy. Big blue, come on. Props to, like, to that uh, person. Yeah. Uh, if you missed last week's podcast, we're done with bets. Uh, the gorgeous gorillas have become victorious. Uh, they've locked that down, of course. <laughs> and so this is our first official week of. And he was bound on a Christmas day when the New York Times said, Oars! Or wars. Uh, who wants in on this? I want in. Okay. Pokemon Let's Go Eevee or Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu? <laughs> Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. Why? Because Eevee is a flexible Pokemon. That is the very definition <laughs> of Eevee. And I feel like when you are dressing up your Eevee, which is a prominent feature in Pokemon Let's Go, in your mind... Even though this EV can't change, you'll be associating all of the different forms, and that will play into the fashion of your EV. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Who wants in next? I'll do it. Tangled World or Big Hero 6 World? Ooh. This is easy. Tangled World? Why? Because we saw it first. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Jones, I can tell you already, you're not going to win. Because <laughs> 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 we saw it first? Who wants in next? Take it, Damiani. Yep. Okay, oh. Damiani's in next. Okay, Damiani. Holding triangle or mashing square? <laughs> mashing square. Thank you. <laughs> Why? Because... There's just something primal about <laughs> mashing a button on a controller versus just holding down something. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ian, give it to me. Banjo Kazooie 3 or New Perfect Dark? <laughs> well, haven't experienced either of these, but let's go with New Perfect Dark. Why? Be- because it's new. It's perfect. It's dark. <laughs> it could be all those things. <laughs> it's got it all, baby. Flawless. That was pretty good. Ben wins. <laughs> Ben's a clear winner of Or Wars. Uh, this concludes Or Wars. <laughs> and he was bound to pop a to a bound on a Christmas day when the New York Times said Wars. Or Wars. <laughs> Let me tell you a little bit about patreon.com slash easy allies. That is the Patreon uh, uh, website where the easy allies uh, subsist. Mm-hmm. That is how we exist. Uh, that is where you would go if you're interested in supporting the easy allies or if you simply want to learn more about everything that we do, which is a lot more than this very podcast. Tell them, Of interest to you, listeners of this podcast and viewers of this podcast, if you give $5 or more a month to the easy allies, you get this podcast two days early. And... You get to submit two popular Easy Allies podcast segments like uh, uh, Love and Respect (laughs) and Recruit Me. And that brings us back to Recruit Me. It is time to see if Americ and Piff survive. Remember, it's November. I'm being a little lenient. There's a 50% chance of their survival here. But we know what happens if it doesn't work out. They got 31 feet apart. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think it was meters. Whatever. Here we go. 
Oh man, I really, I'm really pulling for them. I'm really pulling for them. Whoa, yeah. You've never been emotional about anyone. They lived. Whoa! Our team, our team is huge now. We recorded last week too. Really? Yeah. Nice. We have three four now. Four. Yes. They're twins. Um, I, I for, already forget who we recruited in the last week. Slither and Snake. The Hello. robot dude, the big robot oh, guy? Oh, yes. Yeah. Big boy. Big, big boy, boy Mark V. Yeah. Yeah. Was he on the podcast? Uh, yes. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. It's all lining up. So Big Boy <laughs> Big Boy Mark V is a really cool robot with a from the future with a laser cannon who can't fit in small spaces. We really can't use him indoors. Did Huber say dude upon hearing the description? Mm, I wonder. Most likely. Most okay. likely. Yeah. Most likely. Uh, cool. Hey, the team's looking really good right now. <laughs> ben, you won Or Wars. Oh, nice. You get the right and responsibility to share your Twitter handle with the world. You get to promote any Easy Eyes video you'd like to promote. You get to sign off with your trademark sign off. And you get the final word on anything you want to reiterate, you've disagreed with, or simply pops into your head right in this moment. Take it away. Okay. Uh, I'm on Twitter, at BenMore035. Uh, been tweeting about Pokemon Let's Go. So that's the kind of stuff you're in for. <laughs> no obligation. Uh, no, it was a softball. We, we, you hopped in first, and like Pokemon Let's Go was all yours. Like it, it was basically set up for you on a little golden platter right there. Um, what else do I have to do? Uh, video you'd like to promote, and final word. Okay. Um, video I'd like to promote. I don't know if it's weird to promote something that you did, but I would like to promote the most recent Don't Skip that I did. Uh, I did it on Rondo of Blood, and the reason I want to promote it is for two reasons. One, I really want to get feedback. Uh, we're trying something new. We're trying to make Don't Skip a little bit more personal, and so I did the video editing. I voiced it. I wrote it. Just the whole thing, uh, and Blood looked at the script. I, I, I got to give credit to Blood. Um, but I just want to know like, what you think of that, if you liked that, if you thought it was good, if it was bad, be as honest as you want. Just, I really am super passionate about Don't Skip, and I want to see it involve and improve, and so your feedback would be awesome, whatever it is. Ben, uh, you posted it in Slack, and I didn't note it then, but I did watch it later. Mm. I like it. Thank you, Kyle. That, is, that means more than you know. Cool. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, and the other reason is my favorite stuff to work on is the stuff that is driven by pure passion, where I was just playing Rondo of Blood and was like, I don't care if this makes sense or not. I love this game and I want to make this video. And to me, that is the stuff I get most excited about. Yeah, and and so it comes from Ben's perspective of the video itself. Yeah, Yeah, and I I just feel like even in the the language of the script, it was that that love came through and that's what I really like the most. Because not everything can be like that. That's just life. Not Mm -hmm. everything can be like that, but that thing was like that, so... Um, yeah, there's that. Um, anything I disagree with, I'm surprised that I won Or Wars uh, because I really liked <laughs> what Damiani said with the mashing being primal. Yes. That really spoke to me, and so I thought he was going to win Or Wars. <laughs> and now you get to sign off with the trademark sign off. Sophie is our supreme ruler. What do you mean you let him out? Turned out to be a koala.